Good morning, everybody. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to get you excited about investing. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, all right. Happy Monday, everybody. The worst day of the week. Uh, But today is not that. We are making it the best day of the week because if we make the worst day the best day, then every other day is good, right? That's how that works. Um, but seriously, guys, I hope you have a great Monday and just think positively. I know Mondays stink for most folks, um, but if you start out the hardest day with a great attitude, it makes the rest of the week really, really easy. Um, okay, that's my rant over on encouragement for the week. Uh, but guys, let's talk about what's going on in the news this week. We have so many earnings reports. I think there's like 900 companies that are giving reports earnings, which is a lot. And we're also going to cover the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, which is like the, man, that's like the Super Bowl of investment uh, personnel. That's uh, Warren Buffett's company. And so we're going to talk about what they discussed. We're going to go over some of the earnings reports and we're going to talk about um, the um, money in the mirror. That's what we were going to talk about. So money in the mirror, guys, that's an episode Uh, that I do every last Friday of the month, and it covers some of the equities that I like over the next 30 days. And so on the last day of the month, we will look back money in the mirror over the last month and look at how these equities did. So if you guys haven't seen that episode, go check it out. Um, Yeah, it's 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 going to be fun. I think it's going to be an exciting exercise and get you guys sort of an inside look at, at how we value companies as as an investment firm. All right, but let's uh, let's read the news here. What is happening on this beautiful Monday? Most Asian equity markets are closed for a holiday as COVID-19 cases continue to rise in India. But as for European and U.S. markets, they are headed higher to start the month of May. The U.K. stock market are also closed. This is historically the beginning of the worst six months of the year for the U.S. stock market. But the old adage of sell in May and go away may just be that old. Okay, so that... That phrase, sell in May and go away, that's, it's, it is a very old saying. Um, but historically, the only reason it's, it's really been used is most people just aren't interested in investing, like actively paying attention to their investments during the summer months. That's been my understanding of it. I don't think there's anything special about May as far as uh, cyclical investing, etc. It's just that most people are away. Like Rich people have kids, right? So rich people who invest... Well, they're taking care of their kids, doing fun stuff during the summer, um, et cetera. You know, young people who have, they're just beginning to invest. They don't care either. They're interested in going out for the summer and having fun. So that's kind of the whole old adage there. Um, But it is, I do like it. I do think it's a good one. I think May is historically a bad month. So it's just, it's just good to keep watch of investments during that time. Definitely don't try to time the market. Don't try to sell at the beginning of May and then buy back at June. I definitely don't recommend that. Um, okay, so over 900 companies will report their quarterly results this week, including CVS Health, Pfizer, Zillow, Activision Blizzard, Uber, and Square, to name a few. So far this earnings season, companies have posted profits that have been 22.8% above expectations. The recent run of strong results has the S&P 500 companies on track to post their fastest rate of earnings growth since 2010. While the equity markets have been choppy over the past two weeks despite robust earnings, investor optimism remains at record levels. Excessive optimism can be a contrarian indicator too, so markets may remain a little frisky for the foreseeable future. Interesting uh, interesting word, frisky there. So guys, let's talk about that real quick. So contrarian investing. Warren Buffett has a quote that says, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Warren Buffett, that when you see blood in the streets, that's when you go invest. 
And that is a very aggressive way of saying, hey, look, most people are dumb. Most people are wrong. And so if you see everybody else going north, maybe you should go south. That's kind of the thought process with that quote. But it is true. It is true. Usually whenever everybody's optimism is the highest, that's when the biggest uh, crash comes. And I'm not saying that that's this case. It's just that is, as history has shown us, that it's usually at the peaks when you have the farthest to fall. So that's why I keep track of all my investments. I'm looking at them almost daily, uh, clients' investment and mine. I'm only required to look at them, I think, quarterly. But I mean, come on, that's that's like the whole purpose of a job as an asset manager is to pay attention to your investments. And most advisors do not do that. Most advisors wait until maybe 15 minutes before your annual meeting and then they review your portfolio. They look at your rate of return. Oh, it's 7%. You go in to the meeting. They're all excited. You have specific questions and they give you general answers. That is their job. That's how they do it. They're marketing experts. They are not actual advisors. Um, Sorry, guys, not very. that's not a lot of professional courtesy, but it's just the truth. And I've seen hundreds of advisors at this point, so I'm pretty confident in that statement. Um, okay, let's talk about some of the headlines that we are discussing today. Where are they? All right, here we go. So only three headlines that I thought were interesting, but Verizon Communications is selling its media division, which most of you probably don't know this, but they own AOL and Yahoo. And so they're selling the media division, which includes internet 1.0 companies, which are AOL and Yahoo. Then they're selling it to Apollo Global Management for $5 billion. Man, I remember when Yahoo and AOL were the bee's knees back in the early 2000s, and now it doesn't even seem like they exist, right? But they're still worth $5 billion, which is just goes to show you that the level that we play at with millions or thousands or maybe even tens of millions, they deal in billions. So it's just a different world that we live in. And my favorite headline is Robinhood Markets, uh, largest source of revenue payment for order flow. Um, wait, sorry. Robinhood Markets... Their largest source of revenue, which is payment for order flow, more than tripled in the first quarter as the trading app became immensely popular with the new investors amid meme stock frenzies. I think their revenue was like $331 million. And a year ago, it was like $91 million. So they more than tripled it, which is pretty, pretty insane. And you guys know I'm not a big fan of Robinhood. Their app fails. Uh, systems fall down. They, only, they tell people they can only sell. It's just... It's a rules for thee and not for me type of thing, and they're all partnered with the hedge funds. So, sorry, Robin Hood, again, not professionally courteous. I just don't, I just don't like the way you do business. Uh, and what we always have been talking about, not always, but the last couple of weeks, guys, we've been talking about lumber, right? How expensive it's getting, how uh, commodities for building buildings is getting more expensive. So, here's a headline. Lumber futures extend a record rally as sawmills struggle to, to meet insatiable demand with the biggest U.S. producer saying it's sold out of some key home-building materials for the next several weeks. Prices have quadrupled in the past year, guys. I mean, it's it's spurred by like this unexpected surge in home-building and renovation desire. I don't... I mean, it's probably because of the low mortgage refinancing rates that people think now is the time, but it's still a seller's market. If you have a house, I would highly, highly suggest you look into what it means to sell. Not suggesting that you sell, but just to look into it might be a good idea. Okay, so those are the headlines. Guys, the meat of today's topic is the Buffett Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. Listen, one of my dreams is to be invited to this meeting one day. 
And it's usually in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, which is where he's from, I'm pretty sure. And so people from all over the world take this trip, right? They call it like the Mecca. Like you're taking like this this trip to Nebraska, which no one ever really goes to Nebraska. But um, you go there and you're a part of this elite investment program like he they basically just hearing from Warren Buffett about their market sentiments for the future is straight up gold for investors um so let's just look over some of the tech the takeaways that uh, I got from this from from paying attention to it so it looks like Buffett finally named a successor so his name is Greg Abel and he is the CEO of uh, Berkshire's energy and yeah, he's the CEO of the energy department, and then he's the vice chairman of the non-insurance business, which I have no idea what that means because that could be, that's very vague. Um, I guess just not insurance stuff. But also, guys, think about that. Buffett, he's 90 years old, and his partner is like 97. So they're on their way out. So whoever's taken over for this, that is, or Greg Abel, that's that's who it is. He's going to have big, big shoes to fill, and I'm kind of excited to see how he does. I think it's going to be a rocky start. Most people are probably going to be a little hesitant to invest with them or at least take take their approach that they usually would because, you know, Buffett, Buffett's the guy. Buffett's the legend. He's the MJ of the investment world. Okay, so Buffett also said that uh, he had interesting sentiment on the future. So he made a good comment that I, I didn't even think about. Let me read this for you. He pointed out that the largest and most powerful companies in the stock market today may not be around in 20 years, pointing to the similar list from 1989. Buffett noted that not one of the top 20 companies 32 years ago are still among the top 20 today. That includes powerhouses like ExxonMobil and General Electric. Think about that, guys. That's why you need to be investing at all times. 20 years, you know how short of a lifespan or a time span 20 years is? And the top 20 companies aren't there anymore. So what does that say for our for our generation, right? So Facebook, is Facebook going to be around? Uh, what about Apple? Is something else going to come around? Like all these things that you're hearing about, it's important to pay attention to sectors, okay? So when you see that ExxonMobil and General Electric are going to be out, well, what do you think of? For me, I think of electric vehicles. I think of, okay, what's going to be the next big thing that's going to take over for ExxonMobil, okay? And then General Electric, that's utilities, that's quite a few other things as well, but how are we going to be handling utilities in the future? These types of things are important and they give you an advantage over other investors because you're forward thinking. Remember the stock market prices companies and equities at a forward price. It is not an immediate as of today price. It is always a forward looking price. So keep that in mind when we're, when we're looking at equities and and deciding on how to uh, develop a portfolio. Okay, so, and then this is my favorite, favorite part. Uh, Charlie Munger, who's uh, Buffett's partner, he is not a fan of Bitcoin. And you guys know I'm, I'm sort of iffy about it. I don't see a long-term uh, purpose or benefit with Bitcoin. It's a non-producing asset, but making money off of it right now, that's exciting. And people should absolutely look into it if they love it. Um, but eventually... There's only going to be one Bitcoin left and it's going to be worth like $50 million. And then after someone buys that, all you're going to have is fractions. There is a limited amount of Bitcoin. So Charlie Munger hates Bitcoin. Surprise, surprise. I hate the Bitcoin success, he says. The whole damn development is disgusting and contrary to the interests of civilization. I mean, he's 97, so he could say whatever he wants. I don't agree with that. Um, I think crypto in and of itself has a massive future. 
I'm not even allowed to buy and sell it for clients. In fact, whenever I was at my old broker dealer, I couldn't even talk about it. It's like this absolute taboo thing, this industry that just the old heads in the investment world don't want to talk about. And I'm not sure why. Part of me thinks it's probably jealousy that they didn't get in on it early. And now that they're, it's kind of already passed, they're just waiting for it to fail. Um, that's just something to, to keep in mind that one of the best investors in the world, Charlie Munger, uh, doesn't like one of the biggest investments of the very interesting to see. Um, and then Berkshire bought back 6.8 billion of its stock in Q1. So that's important guys, because companies only buy back their stocks when they think that they're, uh, undervalued. So they think, so say the stock's a hundred bucks and I, me 77 financial group, I, I don't have stocks. It's not a public company, but if I think my stocks were $200, I would absolutely buy back my stock at $100 and then wait for it to rise and then sell it back at that higher price. You're just investing in yourself. That's all it really is. Um, but okay, so that's it for the Berkshire Hathaway takeaway. Guys, seriously, Buffett's investment strategy is not rocket science. He looks for, uh, how would you even say? I guess you would say a market hold. So market advantage is, is how I'll say it. So if there's a farm, and I talk about this a little bit in Money in the Mirror episode, the, the previous episode, um, if there's a farm and he has, or there's two farms in Nebraska and he has to choose which farm he wants to invest in, he's going to pick the farm that has the most competitive advantage. So that would be maybe farm one has 10 more tractors than farm B. Or maybe it's that farm B has... 60 more acres of land than farm one. Now that type of stuff is what he looks for when he values a company. It's just market competition. It's whoever is the most competitive and it's done really, really well for him. He's the Michael Jordan of the investment world. So, um, I take a lot of that thought process in how I do my own portfolio pickings for my clients. So if you guys go and watch, my money in the mirror episode, you guys will see the three equities that we're looking at for this next month. And then at the last Friday of May, we're going to review and just see how they did. And we're going to discuss why they're good, why it was bad, etc. Um, but that's it for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. The Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. If you get a chance, look into it, read up on it. It's incredibly interesting. It's very high level. There's nothing too particular. Um, but that's it, guys. I hope you guys have a great Monday. And as always, invest early, invest often.